Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Helter. It is Tuesday, May the 11th, as we come off a much-needed off day. For the Philadelphia Phillies, first off day in 17 straight games, uh, after 17 straight games, I should say. And and I think a, a needed off day for the team, as we could see in that, that Sunday night game, just lethargic lack of effort coming off that disastrous Saturday night loss. And then, uh, look, I think probably a, a day off we needed for ourselves as fans just after, after those two games and uh, a good run. At the end of the 17 straight days of baseball, the Phillies come out of it 9-8, and eight, as you would expect. Uh, kind of just right around 500 has been the story of the season. One game above 500 in that 17-game stretch, and one game above 500 on the season, sitting at 18-17. and 17. Um, And, you know, you hope when this next stretch of baseball gets going here, we can kind of get back on a roll. Look, this team has at least shown that they – can win four in a row and can win five in a row, which is something, you know, shockingly has not been something that has been a consistency for Phillies teams the last couple of years. But um, look, um, it'd be nice to see them put together another stretch. Uh, obviously a really tough end to the stretch of 17 straight games, some tough games in that stretch as well, as we know, some tough losses. But um, with those tough losses, I mean they've been in in almost every game. I mean we know, remember that that stretch of eighteen or excuse me of seven straight games, uh, one run games that they played. They've played some tight games. They played some tough games. They've been in it. You know they're eighteen and seventeen, but I mean realistically they could be four games under, five games over, whatever you want to say. You know so um, that is uh, whether you want to look at it as a positive or a negative. Um, it probably means that they're, they're kind of right where they should be, but right where they should be is still in it, as we've obviously talked about. You know, they have not been pulled away from by anyone, and really anyone in the National League, you know, kind of the National League, a lot of parity across the, the league. Obviously, the Dodgers, I think probably the biggest story with them um, hovering in the same range as the Phillies right now, record-wise, the Giants out in front. 
Um, Padres, similar type of thing. You know, so no one's kind of jumped out in front too much. So um, how about the Phillies be one of those teams to, to grab the bull by the horns, right? Wouldn't that be something? They'd take advantage of this and, and win a few in a row and, and get out in front. Um, but look, um, again, a, a frustrating two games in Atlanta to end the series, and certainly that Saturday night loss, as we've talked about, um, worst of the season, worse in a while, all that stuff. But back at it today in Washington, a massive series. Washington coming off a really tough series against the Yankees. They are now four games under 500. So, um, you know, a, a nice opportunity for the Phillies to not only get a little momentum here, maybe win a road series, and, you know, kind of push the Nationals a little further down in their hole, so to speak. That would be that'd be a good thing, and the Phillies did have success against Washington last year other than the end of the season, but um, that was a team they played well against last year, so you hope that carries over into this year. Um, big series, big, big, big series as, uh, again, you, Philly's got to kind of get that that sour taste out of their mouths after, you know, the five-game winning streak and then the, for some reason, the two-game losing streak sticks with you more than the, the five-game winning streak did. Um, so hopefully they can start another winning streak. We'll get to that series coming up prior, you know, dive into a few things uh, with the off day, the opportunity to kind of reflect yesterday and, and think about where the team is at. And, um, you know, I think that, Again, look, we're through 35 games of the season, so there's still a, a large portion of baseball left to play, 127 games left. So the vast majority of the season still there, but we, we have played a nice chunk of the season. We're, we're coming up till June 1st. We'll look at the schedule on the way into June. Um, as I always say, you know, June 1st is when I start to really take things seriously. And even then, look, I mean, we've seen Gabe Kapler teams in first place in August 1st, and, and that didn't work out. So So it really is a reminder of how much baseball is left. Now, look, you look at the team and, and there are clear holes, as we've talked about over and over again. We don't need to belabor it today. But the center field thing, the back of the bullpen thing, the, the back of the rotation thing, the, the bench thing. Um, but again, as we also talked about, there are reasons to be more positive as well. Um, you know, obviously the top three in the rotation, which we'll, we'll get into Nola in a sec. Um, Boehm's going to be better. Girardi's going to be better. I think he should be, right? He can't be as bad as he's been. Um, Archie Bradley coming back, and we'll talk about the bullpen in a minute too, but there are reasons for positive too, is I think that, you know, you kind of look at this team and I think they're, they're probably right where they should be. Maybe a little unlucky, but I, I do think that moving forward, they do have a chance to, again, if they could be this team and, and just go on a winning streak or two and then play 500 baseball, I mean, that, that could be good enough. You know, that could get you to 80, 89 wins. And again, I, I predicted 84 at the start of the season. They're looking like an 84, 83 win team right now. Um, but, uh, slight improvements in certain spots can make a big difference for this team. And I want to, I want to talk about some of that. Let, let's start with, with Noel, since, you know, we are coming off that Sunday game, still the last game they played and the disappointing showing from Nola. And I think that, um, you know, when you look at Aaron Nola, he's certainly one of the most, um, discussed Phillies as he should be. He's one of their best players. And, um, but he's also one of the ones who's, I think kind of, it's tough to to put a label on him from an ace perspective because, look, he's the ace of the Phillies. He's the best pitcher on the team. And, you know, I always say this when we're talking about the roster and talking about comparing it to other teams. It's We have a tendency to get very micro here in Philadelphia. Um, and really, I think every baseball market does. Baseball is a very localized sport these days, a very regional sport. So I think a lot of times you have a tendency to – 
only pay attention to your team and what they're doing and their strengths and weaknesses and all that type of stuff and not compare it to all the other teams. Look, it's hard enough to pay attention to one team for 162 games. It's it's a grind for the players. It's a grind for the fans. Like, it's a big ask to watch the Phillies every single night, every single day, and, and we do it because we love it because we love this team. But then to say, all right, pay attention to the rest of the league too is tough. You know, <laughs> it's it's tough to do. Um so, you know, I think when you, you pull back, you know, and, and you look at the, the pitchers in baseball, you would say that Aaron Nola is absolutely a somewhere between, you know, 9 and 12 maybe uh, in terms of best starters in baseball. Um, he is one of the 12 best, I would say, at worst. You know, I mean, even a, a someone who's not an Aaron Nola fan, you know, top 15. Like, he is a top 15 starter in baseball without any question, which – you know, for all intents and purposes, would make him an ace of a team. And he is an ace of his team in the sense that he's the best pitcher on the team. Um, but, you know, the, the the term ace has gotten this, you know, and we talked about this a bit yesterday, but, you know, ace is almost this um, term that that is taken in to mean, like, this guy is no doubt about it every time out. And that is true if you look at ace that way, but then... If that's the case, then then guess what? There's only like five or six aces in all of baseball. You know that that's Degrom, that's that Shane Bieber, it's Garrett Cole, it's a few guys. Like there aren't many of those guys. You know, even guys who you know you would like Kershaw's not on that list anymore. Like he's really good still, but I mean Nola's better than Kershaw at least right now. Or I think in the same range as Kershaw. You know, um, I, I would say he's better. Um, there aren't that many guys. You know, you would put up there. Um, so. And look, I think aces are going to have bad outings too. Every does. Everyone does. No one, you know, DeGrom is about as close as you're going to get to to never having a really bad outing. Um, but everyone has a bad outing. It's it's the the sport. You know, there's going to be days where guys just don't have their stuff or they don't have a good grip on the ball or the weather or this or that or whatever. It's always going to happen. Um, I think the thing with Nola that makes it more complicated and makes it you know, tougher for, for Phillies fans to to figure out and to reconcile and all that is that, frankly, I mean, we have to be fair about it. And I I don't know if it's a, a thing or if it's just circumstance, but, you know, the, the quote-unquote big games that Nola's pitched, um, and he's had some big game outings. He's had some spots where they really needed him. He showed up. But, like, in terms of, you know, he's also had some some misses i mean you go back to last year you know two starts uh, to get the phillies into the playoffs essentially and and doesn't come through in either you know that that's something the september's past you know he hasn't been a great september pitcher he was really good you know across the board um in 2018 when he was the top three in cy young voting um but since has been has been very good and he's had stretches where he's had you know 10 12 starts in a row of just pure dominance and he is dominant like he when he's on he's he's an ace like he is you know again we've seen it this season his complete game shutout the the 10 strikeout game like he's had multiple like really just dominant dominant showings but he is still someone who i think until we see him do it more consistently we can't say Oh, you can guarantee Aaron Nola in a spot where your your team needs him to go out and be dominant that he's going to be dominant that night. Um, and again, that's okay. Like Aaron Nola is is again, you know, one of the top fifteen pitchers in baseball without argument. And I would say higher than that. You know, so so he is no doubt about it a a great pitcher in terms of perspective when you look at the rest of the league. But I, I do 
I understand the frustration. You know, I get it because because you know we've been spoiled in Philly with aces too. I mean, you think about having Halliday, or you think about back in the day with Carlton. You know, those are guys who it was the the Degrom that level of of top tier type of guy where every time out they're gonna almost sink literally every time out they're gonna be awesome and if if they're not like awesome they're they're good you know and they don't have those those you know don't give you a chance to win type of outings like we've had Nola have you know and they're not all like that you know some of the ones it's you know not as good as you want it to be but not that bad but you know the other night in, in Atlanta he he didn't really give him a chance to win um so I think it's complicated. I think for all intents and purposes, Aaron Noel is an ace. You know, it just depends on how you describe ace. Is he an, a top tier ace? No, he's not. And he's not someone who um, you can guarantee will, will be there every single time. But, you know, look, you, you feel good with Aaron Nola anytime he takes the hill against anyone. Um, you just want to see him get a little more consistency, especially in some of these big spots. You know, Sunday Night Baseball coming off the worst loss in years. You want to see Nola come out and dominate. If nothing else, you want to come out and see him give you a chance. Like even if he doesn't dominate, you want to see seven innings, three runs. You know, as, as a worst case, or six innings, two runs. That type of outing where at least he keeps you in it. And and to give up four in the first and only throw fifty eight pitches, which granted is a Joe Girardi decision. Um, I get it. I get why people get frustrated. Um, all right, some other uh, things to discuss with the team as we were just talking about. Um, from the other night, um, you know, the weekend, obviously not Sunday, but more Saturday, um, the bullpen, I think, is another thing that, that is worth discussing as we have a moment here to, to, you know, not react to a game the night before and a day off for the first time in a while. I think the thing with the bullpen is that it is a decent bullpen. You know, I think that that it's not the worst in the history of baseball. You know, that's that's good. That's improvement. But I also think it's not a great bullpen. Uh, I think that, you know, it's too thin. There aren't enough guys you can count on. Um, uh, You know, we've seen great bullpens. You know, a team like the Brewers, um, I mean, they didn't even use their two best relievers against the Phillies in that series, and their bullpen still looked solid. You know, it wasn't uh, taken advantage of. Um, It certainly looked good in in some days. Um, You know, the the Phillies bullpen is is good, but it, it definitely is not great. And it's certainly something where you can't count on them not to blow games on a, you know, not a consistent basis, but they're going to go through stretches and we've seen them. And again, obviously Saturday night's one of them where, where it was Naris and then it was um, obviously Anil De Los Santos. And that's the problem. Look, I think the biggest problem with the bullpen is the lack of depth. There's, there's no question. I mean, the fact that Anil De Los Santos, Matt Moore, um, and David Hale, obviously, and you know these guys have, have not just pitched, but pitched in high leverage spots, you know, a lot lately, you know. And sometimes you're going to get lucky, and they're going to come through, like Matt Moore and Enyel in that that one game against the Brewers, where the seventh and eighth they took him down, and Enyel made it scary, but he got through of it. And sometimes they're not, like they didn't the other night, both those guys, and you know, not Moore kind of put in a bad spot. It is what it is, but still gave up the winning hit. But Enyel was awful and gave up the game and. Um, I think that, look, your bullpen's going to tighten up a bit when you get to the, the playoffs and stuff like that, if they can make it. And that's a good thing, but, um, it's still, it's still an issue. It's a grind this season. You're going to have injuries and stuff and they don't have arms. You know, Ranger Suarez comes in and gives them a little bit on Sunday. That was cool to see. We'll see. I don't know if, how, how much we can count on Suarez, but a good start. Um, but it's just, um, 
again, I think that it's a, a bullpen where even the best guys, you know, you feel good about Alvarado, you feel good about Coonrod, you feel good about Hector Neris for the most part, but obviously you get those games. Um, and then obviously Archie Bradley will talk in a sec, but you're going to feel good about him. But then otherwise, it's no, there's no, you know, Brogdon I felt great about, and he's hasn't been as good lately, but I still... I still believe in Connor Brogdon. I'm not super concerned, but you know, I can't say for sure he felt I thought at one point he was the best pitcher in the bullpen this year, and then he's had some struggles lately and, and hopefully he corrects him, and then we feel good about him again. But um it's definitely a concern. Now Archie Bradley coming back is huge. And if Archie can come back and he's fine and he took enough time, he doesn't get re injured or anything like that, I mean that's massive because Archie gives them a weapon in any spot in a game that they can bring in who can get righties and lefties out and um, just is going to bring a presence to that pen that right now it feels like they don't have a, a, a veteran guy who's gotten lots of outs before. Um, so that's huge. Archie coming back at the end of this road trip, which is what he said, he projects massive for this team. It really it can go a long way towards helping. Um, they have missed him. They have felt that absence. We remember how good the pen was when he was, was here and obviously you know hurt pretty quickly, but um, the first few weeks the pen was amazing. Um, so Bradley's huge and that's a big help, but I do think, look, uh, you know, the question of, of Neris in the closer role obviously has to be brought up again after another blown save. And I'm a Hector believer. I think Hector is a damn good pitcher. Um, I blame the, the pitch decision in that spot as well. The fastball now looked like he missed his spot, which is on him, but you know, throw a splitter in that spot. What are we doing? I mean, what's even the thought, um, against Sandoval, obviously we're talking about, but, um, I do. I, I get it with Hector. I don't. I think Hector's very good. I don't know if he's the best option to close. I, I think he's a, a good option. I think he's. I think he's better more often than not. But he definitely has those nights. And you know, I think if you're looking at the roster right now and saying, "All right, who makes sense?" If you if you want to take him out of the role, you can't do Alvarado, even though he obviously has the stuff to close. But you know, he's your your lefty. You're your one you can count on. So you got to keep him for those spots. And I think Archie. I think is probably too valuable as as the right-handed version of Alvarado, the guy you can bring in in any spot anywhere. I think Coonrod makes sense. Uh, you know, he, he has heat. You know, he can bring it with the, the velocity, which is, you know, a classic trope, so to speak, for closers. Um, and then he's also got that kind of feisty personality. We've seen it a few times already. Um, so I think Coonrod, if, if they're going to change roles, I think Coonrod makes the most sense to give a shot at closer. Um but again, I don't think there's a clear, obvious answer, and I don't think Hector is the clear, wrong answer. But um, I do think that that it's worth looking at because I do think Coonrod could do a good job there. Ultimately, I think that the 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 fate of this bullpen comes down to those five guys that we talked about. You know, when Archie's back, it's Archie, Alvarado, Coonrod, Hector, and Brogdon. I mean, those are the only five guys you could trust. And and again, Brogdon. We're nervous about right now, and Alvarado, I trust completely. But at the same time, he will have those outings where he's just is wild. We've seen it, so um, I think it has a chance to be a, a solid bullpen. It's not going to be one of the best in baseball. If they can add a guy or two, I you know seeing the Braves shine Shane Green over the weekend for a million at bucks, it was just like why not? Like why not take a shot on that guy? That guy's talented. He's gotten saves in the majors. He was good with the Braves recently. Like I don't know. I would have taken a shot on Shane Green. I think that made a lot of sense. They just Again, even with the five guys, if they're all to the point where we feel like we could trust them, which, again, varying degrees, right? Um, you need more than five guys to get through the season. You can win in the playoffs with five guys. And, again, you'd rather have better guys for your top guys. But 
Um, you can you can get there, but they they need more depth. They're showing it, especially when you talk about the fourth and fifth starters, right? And that's the other you know big thing. And look, Vinny was really good on Saturday. It wasn't his fault they lost, but it's still Vinny Velasquez. I don't think you feel great about trusting Vinny, um, you know. And then that other spot, Jace Anderson's a mess too, you know, and it's been really intermiss, mostly miss. And that Spencer Howard thing, that's the the immediate obvious solution and can he come up and give you four or five every start but even with that you know whoever's in that spot whether it's Vinny whether it's Chase Anderson whether it's Spencer Howard obviously trading for someone later if they're in it and Dombrowski can make a move trade deadline time that makes sense but we're still months away from that like you gotta get there and be in position for that to make sense that no matter which of these options and and Howard I think obviously the only one of them that you feel at least has some real upside to it and even with him, it's it's going to be a, a shortened innings type of thing. So whether it's him, Chase Anderson, who as we've seen is not an innings, a deep go deep in games guy, and and uh, Vinny Velasquez, obviously not a deep a go deep into games guy, the bullpen's going to be taxed when those guys are going. And you know, obviously uh, Nola Wheeler and and Eflin, if you want to talk about an area where they've been great, has been been giving him innings. Obviously Nola, not the other night, but for the most part, those three have been great at at going deep into games, which is huge because that does help you when those other guys come in. But it's been such short outings from the fourth and fifth starters, and you combine those with the the you know outings like Nola will have, where he does have a bad outing and gets pulled after four or whatever, um, and the other guys will too. I mean, it happens to everyone. Um, bullpens get taxed that way and you can't rely on five guys every single night, especially when, you know, even when your guys are, are quote unquote eating innings, that's seven innings. You still need guys for the eighth and ninth. You still need guys for seven, six, seven, eighth, and ninth. However, you know, it all plays out seven, eighth, and ninth, whatever, um, on certain nights. So I do think the, the depth of the bullpen is, is an issue. And, um, and then obviously, you know, feeling good about the guys at the top and, and everyone being in the right roles is another one. So I, I do think Archie Bradley coming back is, is huge. And it is something that, Again, to what we talked about before, the idea of positives, whether it's um, that Bowman will be better. And again, it's gotten so unlucky. We all, uh, you know, you watch the games. That guy's got like 10 scorchers that have been caught in some version or another this season. So he'll be better and, uh, you know, still has gotten some big hits for him. And, and Didi will be better, I think, offensively and, and hopefully defensively. We saw improvement. And then obviously that error the other night was just a crusher. Um but, you know, you can point to things. Hoskins, you figure he's going to get on base more than 28% of the time, right? I mean, he's like a 400 on base guy every year. And then, you know, or 370, 380, whatever. And this year is 284. I mean, you figure that's going to get better, too. You know, there, there are things you can point to and say, all right, that'll get better. That'll get better. That'll get better. Now, look, there are things that won't. And center field, look, Odubel's been better the last, you know, week or so. But... I can't say for sure that's going to get better without outside moves, but McCutcheon's getting better. Uh, the bench can't say that's going to get better. I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, Scott Kingery is just not a major league hitter. He's just not. It's And that's a bummer. It's a bummer. I don't know if he ever will be, but he's certainly not right now. So, you know, that's an issue. That's something you look at. Um, they have holes, but there's also things that will get better. And and even with all the issues, they're 18 and 17 right now. And um, I think the biggest thing, you know, they can just start to win some road games. And I... Get to the bottom of this, guys. Figure out what it is. Joe Girardi, figure out what it is that, that makes your team so ineffective on the road, you know, because it's it's not like you're playing a harder schedule on the road. You lost two or three of the Rockies, you know, like they're a horrible baseball team. You know, you, you, they, they need to figure this out. It's It's the most perplexing thing about this team. It's the most impossible to answer confusing thing of it all. It's like, why? Why is this happening? Um, so that is something you want to see them get their hands around and figure out. Um, 
but ultimately, again, I, I do think that, you know, heading into this series, and, and there's a big one, a road series against a team you should be able to take two or three of in your division. Like, take two or three, guys. Like, let, let's do this. Let's let's kind of turn this thing around a little bit on the road stuff and, and um, you know, move forward. And look, again, there are other things to be excited about. I mean, Gene Segura's been a beast. I think Harper, uh, timing's a little off, but he'll get back and, and be, you know, really good again. Like, so... I think the offense in particular, there there is an uptick coming. It's it's going to be the the other stuff we talked about um, that's going to have to carry them, and then you, you add to those pieces. So I, I do think again, there's real reason for for to believe that they can contend, they can stay in it, they can compete. They just need to, because again, like the defense, I know we talk about that all the time. I don't I don't see a quick fix for that. I don't see a, a way even with a trade or two of center field you get a good defender. It doesn't change it enough. But the other stuff, like the offense, will be better. I believe that the bullpen can be better. Archie coming back will make a difference. Um, Spencer Howard can make a difference. There are some short term fixes and and long term trade deadline stuff too. Um, but right now they need to find a way to start winning some games on the road. They really do. Speaking of which, again, big, big, big series coming up. As as we look through the rest of the month to June 1st, that date I talked about, you've got three in Washington, then three in Toronto, uh, which is in Florida technically. Then you're home for six. It's three against Miami, then three against Boston, then back on the road, four in Miami, two in Tampa, and then three in Cincinnati. That leads you into June. So, again, talking about winning games on the road, <laughs> The Phillies have a lot of road games coming up. You know, they've got a lot of road games. They still have, uh, we had said it was uh, 18 of their next 24 on the road, so they played three of them. So still 15 of their next 24 are still on the road. So um, they need to win some of them. And starts tonight, Chase Anderson against Eric Fetty. At least it's a kind of an even pitching matchup. Neither guy that impressive. Uh, tomorrow, Wheeler against Lester, and then Eflin against Corbin. So you, you feel good about the next two days of pitching matchups. Those guys are better than their opponents. But tonight's a toss-up. Um so let's see the bat show up. Let's see the bullpen show up. Maybe Chase Anderson show up too. Um, let's go. Let's win two or three in Washington. Um, either way, whatever happens. We'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.